You're listening to the Broncos Audio Zone. Hello, and thank you for joining us here on the Broncos Audio Zone. I am Phil Milani, joined as always by my trusty sidekick at Eric Dalala. We have a uh, very special episode of Broncos Country Throwback for you today, highlighting a historic day in Broncos history that Eric would forever change the landscape in the NFL. Yeah, Phil, on May 2nd, 1983, the Broncos traded for quarterback John Elway, of course, changing the future of the franchise. Uh, And who better to talk about that trade than John Beek, longtime general manager of the Denver Broncos. Jim, let's get to your conversation with John. We're here with John Beek, our longtime general manager for more than two decades, really. You're with the Broncos, my goodness, from 78 until your retirement, and then with the league office. It's, it's, this isn't about you, I know, but you have one of the longest careers in NFL history. But May 2nd, the, the anniversary date of getting John Elway, what an incredible moment. And you were right in the middle of that, John. John what conversations that you had with owner Edgar Kaiser prior to the second, you know, about Elway and about what he might do? What, what were some of those like, John? Well, the one I remember uh, most of all was, in fact, I, I wasn't really in. I had one of the coaches uh, tell me that Edgar Kaiser went over to the coach's office and they were having a meeting and, and he got into it and he says, well, he says, what are our needs coming up for the draft and they said oh they're talking about different things and he said well what about a quarterback yeah well what if i could get you john elway and they said oh yeah (laughs) good luck (laughs) so Uh it was like that and that's kind of the essence that he said that he would if that's the person you would want let's work on it and yeah uh, i remember going in uh beforehand when he asked me what I thought of him PR-wise, and I said, well, um, Mr. Kaiser, boy, he's great, but we'll never get him. I I thought I was smart. I said, we'll never get him because he's going to be the number one pick. And he said, Jim, anything in America can be bought and sold. Leave that to me. And (laughs) and he was right, of course. Right, John? Yes, he was. (laughs) And and so that's how it started. And then uh, knowing it, and then it was quiet for a while because that's when he went to work on the back side of everything. And uh, he he was really what we didn't realize how connected he was to what was going on out there, and and you know at Stanford and San Francisco and John Elway and all that. And uh, and then it was uh, God, Jim. What would it be? Maybe the Friday be, uh, before. The, uh, yeah, and, and I right uh, the Friday because May second was a Monday, and the Friday yeah. before, I mean, I wasn't involved, but I know you and Hein Paulus, uh, Edgar's right hand man, were having all kinds of conversations. I mean, I can remember this door closes, you guys are both in it. That door, every door opens and closes, and every time you guys were in alone, you know. It, that's true, and and. Uh... Uh, and and Hein uh, was really, uh, really a wonderful person to work with. Very smart, very helpful, and uh, he got into it. 
And he said, come on, grab all your stuff, and we, we got to go. And when we get in the car, I'll tell you where to go. And that well, was on I Monday, May 2nd, right? That's Well, that's when we went to see um, – um, Marvin uh, Demoff? Yeah, no, not yet, because we – Hein and I first met with, with – uh, at, at a uh, oh, was uh, Mister was Mister Ursay at that hotel there, Stapleton, and that was yeah, like Thursday exactly. or Friday before the deal, right? And I I said, where are we going? He said, well, just drive. There's a coffee, you know, a hotel there off of I-25 and Colorado Boulevard. Pull in there, and we go. We're going to have a meeting. I said, oh, okay. <laughs> so, so you don't know you just you you just there. You got your stuff. You don't even know who you're meeting with. No, no, I really didn't. And wow. we and can you imagine here's this hotel on I-25 in Colorado Boulevard. It's Robert Ursay and his, I think, attorney, Hine and I, putting together the whole Elway package. Can you imagine if they knew that? <laughs> now, can, you, can you imagine that the whole world at that point thinks he's going to get traded to the Chargers or traded to the Raiders, and at that yeah. moment in time, at a coffee shop at I-25 in Colorado, you and Hyde are meeting with Mr. Ursay. Yes, yes. And it was, you know, I was there mostly to listen, and he'd ask me some stuff on the side. But uh, Except Hine you were the main really, contract. You were the main contract guy for Hyde at that time. Yes. And uh, so we he, he put it he put it all together, and, and then and then uh, had their agreement. You know what they both talked about. And then I guess Robert Ursay went back to his sources, and and Heim went back to uh, Mr. Kaiser, and reported on what we were doing. And the next, so we just kind of got quiet over the weekend, until all of a sudden on on uh, uh, May second, here we go with with uh, oh my another god, one. yeah. He says, "Here we go, John. Grab all your stuff." And get in the car and drive me. Where are we going? And he said, well, get in the car and I'll tell you. And I said, okay. So here we go. We're driving. I said, where are we going? He says, to the airport. Airport? Okay. He said, yeah, uh, I want you to go. We're going to park the car. Uh, I'll stay with the car. You run in. And here's here's all the uh, uh, schedule, you know, flight information. And you're, you're to meet uh, Marvin Demoff. Wow. Which was John Dagen, of course, for yeah. the fans who may not know that. Yeah. Yeah. So here, so I see Marvin. He, he comes off the plane. We're all, everything's on time, and uh, we go out. We get in the car with with uh, with uh, Marvin and uh, and Hine, and and the next thing I know, he said, "I said, where are we going?" He said, uh, "Well, we we can't go back to the office. We, this has got to be something where we can talk privately." So we went across the, you know, across the street to the big hotel right, be, right in front of the entrance to Stapleton. I just consulted. Yeah. So, and 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 I was more like a, you know, a consultant at that time. And and he said to, uh, uh, we pull in here, park in the parking lot, and we're going to go over everything. And you can sh- just sit here and listen. So here's three guys sitting in a parking lot at a hotel. It like Goodfellas, yeah, yeah. Like like Goodfellas or something. Yeah, yeah it really was. It was. 
So and they and it was very very professional. I, I mean, it was very everybody talked really nice and yes, that's like, well, I agree to this and no, it's, I want to change this. I mean, that first contract probably had a record number of Chris out out or in. You know, <laughs> <and this little stuff. laughs> wow! So finally, finally got got done. And uh, now, meanwhile, Elway's in California. And he's coming yes. with Mr. Kaiser on a private plane, separate from you guys talking about the contract, right? That's correct, absolutely. That's what I found out. We had it all done, you know. Uh, I mean, we didn't go back to the office and change the. I mean, that that was the the document that went onto the plane with with uh, John Elway and Marvin Demoff. Incredible. And, and I remember and, when you left the office, whatever it was, but Heine tipped me off. So I knew, but when you left the office, you didn't come back until ten thirty at night. Oh no! And, and we went. Well, we were at at the uh, the uh, uh, private airport right by Stapleton, you know, the, uh, mm-hmm. uh, for private aircraft. And we were, drove over there and parked until. And then when uh, we knew, we, we had a signal that that, that you know that the uh, the item is on the plane and coming into Denver. <laughs> the item is on the plane. <laughs> wow. So we knew that John and, and uh, was on the plane with Edgar Kaiser and they were going to land. Everything was on time. And they, and so, and then uh, we're sitting in the car and then Heinz said to me, Oh, here's the drill. We're going to, you, you stay here. When the plane lands and everything's you know parked and the door, I I'm going to walk over with with Marvin Damboff to the plane, and and we're going to get on the plane. And then if if every if they're sitting on the plane going over with Marvin and John and Edgar and everything else, and he said if if uh, if it's all agreed to, we'll come off, and then we'll drive back to the Bronco facility. If it's not agreed upon. They're going to, we're going to get off. They're going to shut the door and take off, and no one ever know he was there. Wow. Now I do remember we'd already made the deal with the Colts, but it hadn't been turned into the league because it was right. based on, like you said, it's a deal or it's no deal on that airplane. What yeah, that's right. Moment. What an incredible moment. Maybe the. You know, like Pat buying the Broncos was, you know, enormous. You can't even say enough about it. But as far as players go, it is the single greatest moment in Broncos history because it set the stage for literally four decades of championships. Yeah, that's right. Um, and, it, you know, it was really every, – everything was uh, thought thoroughly few, uh, you know, through – and uh, it, it was amazing. It was like, <laughs> here, here we are in, in, in Denver, Colorado. In my mind, and, and I was a part of making history. And, and I was, you certainly was were, John. And it was an honor. And and because I, not only did John bring his his all his skill and ability as a as a player, but as a person, and what he meant to. Um, uh, what he's going to mean to Denver changed that day. Yeah. Because 
how many times did you step to really work really hard to get even one of our players recognized for a Pro Bowl or for? Oh anything? yeah, and it was awful. It, awful. I mean, frankly, it was all about the East Coast, and then you jump to the West Coast, maybe a yeah. little bit of Chicago, but Denver was forget about it until that yeah. moment, and then. Uh, you know, I've always thought that statue at the airport, that's Wally Shira. Yeah. Seriously, seriously, John, that could be John Elway. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's that's a great thought because it, it changed it, it, it changed everything. And, and, uh, uh, and, and not knowing what's going to happen a year later, <laughs> put the icing on the cake, so to speak. But uh, Mr. B, but yeah. That was, but anyway, we had, uh, they they came off the plane, and they got into Edgar's uh, had a car out there, and then we Hein and I uh, drove to uh, to the facility, and you were there. Oh and yeah. Then, and and they were getting everything ready to go, and then I was instructed to uh, locate. Um, who was it? Was that? Uh, was it Ernie Acorsi I had to call? Oh yeah, Ernie Acorsi, the GM. Your your boyhood friend almost, and Ernie Acorsi is the GM of the Colts, and basically you had to call him and rub his nose in it. No offense. Oh yeah, well I didn't have much time because when I called him, it was probably what around midnight and two o'clock in the morning back Their in time, Baltimore. Yeah. And I, and and he answered the phone and and I said I said Ernie, this is John B calling from from Denver. And, and it was a stone silence. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, I said, I said, Ernie, I, I've been instructed to let you know that that the uh, the con- it all went through and positive on the trade for, uh, for John Elway. Clunk went the phone. <laughs> oh, well, that that right there. No, really, no offense, because everybody's had great success. That was one of the worst moments. Of Ernie Acorsi's professional oh. career, maybe oh, the yeah. single worst moment. Well, I, he and I were, you know, good friends, and and I good liked him always. And um, it's like you reminded me one time when you saw Ernie and I shaking hands and talking before a Cleveland game when he went to Cleveland. yeah the drive yeah <laughs> yeah the drive and you guys were closest so, yeah, closest to another reason to hang up on me. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the way it goes. But it actually. Um, uh, this is not the purpose of people do not realize your history. Uh, and as an East Coast guy, uh, Penn State, uh, oh my, the people you've worked with, it, it's not the topic for right now. But uh, oh my goodness, John, I mean, I'm I'm well aware of uh, of your background. The problem now for fans, you should know, John Beek. If you ask him to talk about himself, he will never say a word. He's one of those guys. He will shut up. And he will never talk about the people he's been with or the influences he's had. But it's been enormous, enormous. In fact, John, uh, you've been part of, uh, I think, over 400 victories. Maybe that, maybe I got that wrong. But because you were a coach with the Chiefs before becoming the GM of the Broncos. It, it was it was massive. It was. And it was, you know, it was. Actually, it's something to be really proud of. Our family, we all stuck together. I was fortunate we worked with great people, and it was really, really a, a, a very, very, it was an honor. And because and it, 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 it was like, here I was, a, a, 
at uh, Penn State, the New York Military Academy prep school and there for two years, and then Nyack High School for four years. And then all of a sudden, John Deke shows up at the Kansas City Chiefs. <laughs> so, yeah. Hank Graham picks you from a high school coach to you're an assistant coach for the Kansas City Chiefs, and you win the Super Bowl. And uh, it's an amazing – you know, John, you ought to tell the little story here of how you and your family wound up in Denver, Colorado, because along the way you were the offensive coordinator at CSU for a year in Fort Collins. Then you yes. go back to New Orleans with Hank Stram, but you guys get fired. Uh, tell, tell the fans the story about how you – kind of like uh, the family vote that put you in Colorado. <laughs> but, you know, it was really something uh, – uh, we lived down, uh, on the other side of Lake Pontchartrain in Mandeville. Uh, uh, out of the coaching staff, I think it was four or five of us that lived over in Mandeville. We had to commute over the causeway. Anyway, I get a call late at night. Here, boy, these night calls are showing up to me. And, yeah, uh, night the, calls, right? <laughs> Coach Draft says, "Hey, uh, hang up the phone, get in your car, come up to the house." Because I live. They, all the other coaches used to tease me because I had a house at the entrance to where we lived, and Hank lived the back by. <laughs> so I, they thought I was the gatekeeper. So the uh, I, I go to go to the house. He says, "Just the doors." This unlocked. is Hank Stram's, Hank Stram's house. Yeah. Yeah. O- open the door. There's going to be something on the table there. I want you to sign it, two copies, and 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 leave. And don't I, I don't, just sign it and walk out the door. Well, what I turned out was that Hank signed me to a two-year contract. <laughs> so, because he knew he knew uh, yes. the potential firing yeah. was imminent, so he took yeah. care of his coaches, which is a wonderful, yep. wonderful, wonderful yep. thing. Yep. So anyway, we had that. We were let go, and and uh, so I go to um, now we have time to go. We had a meeting. I said, okay. Uh, where do we want to go? Where, and, and it was at the kitchen table in our house in Mandeville. And everybody said, we want to go back to Fort Collins. We want to go to Colorado. How about that? And uh, so we go to pack up and go to Fort Collins. And then I'm up on the, uh, here it is now, the Broncos were pri- had their spring practice, uh, mm-hmm. training camp at BSU at that time. So I go over there. I'm here. I'm behind the rope with the kids. Oh, I remember. Practice. You, you, you didn't of, even ask for a pass inside the rope. You're behind nope. the rope. Yeah. You're outside so, with the fans watching. <laughs> so a couple of the guys uh, on the coaching staff knew me, and then Red Miller came over and, and uh, Fred Gerke came over. What are, you, what are you doing? I said, oh, I'm back in Colorado. And I said, I brought the kids over for they wanted to come to see practice. So we go to practice, and he said, well, bring the kids and come on down to lunch. So we stayed and had lunch. We talked and talked. And then we took off, and then we took off for the weekend and came back. And I, this is before cell phones. I come back. There's all kinds of notes packed up to the front door. Fred Gerke, call me when you can. Fred Miller, call me. Paul Roach, call me. There was names. That make, so I called um, uh, Fred Gerke, and I was talking to him. He said, can you get down here tomorrow? And I said, sure. And so we go in there and we talk, and that's how it all started. And uh, you had taken, if now I'll interject, I believe after you got to Fort Collins, you'd already taken your real estate exam. Yeah, you were leaving the you were leaving the business. You took your real estate exam, 
and again, here Red and Fred call you, and, and yeah. essentially that you you started. I remember. I mean, we started the same year, '78. You're breaking down film and going to scout oh, yeah. a future opponent and just really yeah. doing whatever the heck they wanted. But the fact of it is, with your experience, and I'm not just saying it, you were invaluable to the organization. You were like a co-GM, really. Well, I, that's very nice, and that was I was very proud of that, and the fact that I I think that from my coaching background, because he what he already said to me was, John, you're going to come in and do pro personnel, and then Carol Hardy will do all the colleges. And Carol and Hardy and I were we worked really well together. I, I think the world of Carol, and uh, so he's doing the college. Up and I'm going to advanced scouting. And at that time, you went and had advanced scouting on your opponent and everything else. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that's what I was doing. And then I had the board where you had so many players in each position because you had a problem. You you went to that position and here the people had already talked about. But that's how it all started, and um, um, it, was, it was amazing. John, I'm I'm going to get to something in, in a good way. Did you also coach baseball at the New York Military Academy? No, you're going to really laugh. Basketball. I know. You know what I'm leading to. I'm saying that you told me there that you told me that they had a baseball player who was a heck of a player and is now a very prominent guy in the United States who does press conferences every single day. <laughs> yes, Donald Trump. <laughs> what position? What position did he play? He was a pitcher. He was, you know, he's big. He's strong. Yes. I mean, he really. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I had I, a, you're, you're going to laugh. I had on Vegas football. I was the offensive, the line coach, and it was only uh, three assistant coaches at the high academy. But then I had uh, basketball, and the head of the head of the uh, pro, uh, program was Claire V, who was a famous basketball coach, and. Uh, and and we had a uh, we first year we weren't really that good. The second year, um, the basketball team we won the the Rockland Orange County Westchester County Private Parochial School Basketball Championship. <laughs> so, Very good. So that was that was fun, and uh, uh, it was really really amazing. Yeah, it's uh, and then you're being very modest because I happen to know your background was football. Your, yeah. your athletic director is the famous, and many fans don't know, but they can look him up. Claire B, one of the most famous early basketball guys in American history, and he let you call your own shots. I mean, oh, he didn't yeah. interrupt. It's amazing. Nope. <laughs> well, anyway, then, so you get to Denver, and uh, had you watched Elway in college yourself? You know, before it all happened with Edgar Kaiser and we get Elway, you know, because you can't help it. You, you know, the games are on every weekend. Had you had yeah. a chance to watch any of them on TV? Yeah, I, I did, and and it was really. I mean, you could just see I mean, his his skill and ability, and 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 the way he took charge of things, and it was really something to watch. And uh, um, and then it was to have him to come to. Um, Denver and really see him, you know, up close and in person. Uh, it was just a, a, something that we unbelievable. Yeah, and it, it, I would, it really led to me to have a really great 
a great relationship and friendship with his with his mom and dad. And really oh yeah, oh yeah. Jack, Jack was yeah. Jack was uh, Jack was a guy who's still dearly missed by all of us who knew Jack Elway. Oh God, yeah. And then we we you know we had more time together when we were all, all over in Europe and then American, you know, the NFL Europe League, and and Jack yeah. was a, a coach over there and really. He was he was loved by all the people over there. He had a great personality about him. He really did. He was just, and I I actually believe that you know John John keeps his personal stuff personal pretty much, yeah. but in my opinion, his relationship with his dad and he would never put down any any other relative of his, but I think he and his dad almost as inseparable as a father and son could be. Oh, I think you're right. They were very close. John just really relied on his father to give him good advice. And, uh, you know, as far as how he played or his future, that's who he would talk to. He really mm-hmm. would. Uh, don't you kind of think, John, that now, even right now in his heart of hearts, one of the things that John is proudest of is kind of like carrying out his dad's legacy as a personnel guy? Oh, Absolutely. Yes, absolutely, and and you know you, you the, the, one of the favorite movies I've watched is uh, Clint Eastwood in that one. Can't see a curve. Is that what it is? Oh, uh, trouble with the curve. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, trouble with the curve. Well, see, there there was Jack Elway. <laughs> yeah, he, that's right. You know, because the one guy had all the analytics for baseball, and he had the owner spending millions of dollars on this batter. Uh, uh, and and uh, Clint Eastwood, he could he recognized talent. He, mm-hmm. he you know the, the physical part, and and, that, and that's what Jack was. Jack and Jerry Fry, what a, what a combination we had there. And uh, but that that that's how John really I think really relied on his dad. His dad was oh, yeah. really 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 new personnel and, and you know players. what. I've told many people, including some of our players, that in your life, and including my son, you can never be anything more than a good boy. What I mean is if your mother thinks you're a good boy or your dad thinks you're a good boy, no matter what, that's bigger than anything. And I think that for John Elway, that would be the the very, the very absolute number one thing, beyond the Hall of Fame, beyond anything, is that his dad would say um, – you you done good, John. Yep, you would absolutely. And it, it it was so it was for me. It was just something that it was. I couldn't believe I had that experience and and that opportunity, and I'll be forever grateful. Yeah. Do you remember we had played a game, a road game, uh, his rookie year, uh, and you wouldn't remember this, but we've talked about it a couple times. You're giving me a ride to my car after we land back in Denver. And I said something casually about how good Elway was going to be. Do you remember how you replied to me? You might have to clean it up a little bit. Yeah, I know. (laughs) (laughs) The essence of it was, I think we're we're sitting here in this car with a future with a lot of championship and Super Bowl rings. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty much how you put it. Uh, That uh, if we do any kind of job building around this kid, we're all going to have a heck of a lot of championship rings. That's right. kind of how you put it, right? And, uh, 
it's it's <laughs> unbelievable though. The guy was just great, and uh, I guess eventually Ernie, of course, he forgave you, huh? Oh yeah, we were good friends, and I mean it, it, that was a hard call to make, and 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 it was hard for him to digest it because you know there was so much going on, and and uh, as, to take him, then he says he's not going to go play back east. He wants to play in the west, and and he had, and of course you know playing in, in a, a part of this puzzle was it somebody you know, the Yankees. Sure, and Stein, you know people don't realize. Elway's junior and senior years at Stanford, he was not on scholarship because no. he'd been drafted he, by Steinbrenner, and that was the year, that was still back in the day where if you signed a pro contract in one sport, you lost your scholarships in all sports. So yeah. Elway, as a junior and senior, had to pay his own tuition at Stanford, so he, he asked George Steinbrenner, and Steinbrenner said yes as part of the deal we'll pay your tuition at Stanford. But that's, <laughs> that's right. his tuition at Stanford as a junior and senior. Yeah, um, yeah just just beyond beyond anything. Uh, his influence, I, you know, is and it's it's beyond anything. Uh, he's like Abraham Lincoln to the Broncos or George Washington to the Broncos. Oh, oh yeah. It's uh, – no, he meant a lot. I, I, just one step back, uh, I'm going to talk one note about when I was Please, John, go ahead. When I was at Kansas City, and and it was Lamar Hunt, you know, and Hank Stram, and we won Super Bowl four. Well, it took him 50 years to get back to the Super Bowl win this year. 50 years. Mm-hmm. But the th- but the thing is, is that that uh, winning Super Bowl four meant to Kansas City what Denver, what John Elway meant to mm-hmm. Denver. Because Kansas City wasn't really like the gem of the Midwest. It was, no. no. That changed yeah. the whole face of Kansas City. I believe that. I really do. And the same way John changed the whole face of how we are in Denver. Oh, yeah. And, and how you how you look at uh... – now it's a little different with the virus, but when the TV schedule comes out and and John Elway puts together a team that has Drew Locke and all these receivers, all yeah. of a sudden you're back. You're back. Monday night football, Thursday night football, the works. Oh, yep. Yep. And I, when you and I first started out, you couldn't buy your way into that. <laughs> no. Now I'm just gonna since we're on the phone here, John, and I don't think uh, anybody minds if we go a couple minutes more. I know, and I hope you'll say so, but I know that literally the guy who suggested the Ring of Fame concept to Pat Bolin, and the guy who suggested Thunder the Horse to Pat Bolin, was you. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> What a great memory! <laughs> based on based on your experience, Kansas City had war paint, and I don't know if yeah. they still do, but they had the great horse. Well, now politically correct, I don't know if they still have an American Indian, a Native American riding the horse, but they had war paint, and they had that yeah. Ring of Honor. And I mean, to oh, Pat's yeah. credit, boy, yeah. all you had to do was say it. But but you were you were amazingly influential, like the kitchen cabinet that Andrew Jackson had. The guys who were not officially in the cabinet, but they met in the oh, White House kitchen, and they set policy. And to Pat's credit, when you gave him a good idea, 
he jumped. He he didn't take two years to study it. Oh, no. The next thing you know, we're announcing this. No, no, no. You're right. Pat was he was like that. You know, you're right. The Ring of Fame. We said you know because I can always say well when we, you, you're sitting in the stadium, you can see it. But we talked about it, and and boy, he just listened. He was so good at that. And yeah. then and then also the uh, uh, horses uh, and then yeah. the bronze horses. Oh, the bronze horses. The the one little thing, I got to say one of the things that irked me a little bit, because somebody asked me once in my office was next to yours, they said, you're very close to John Beacon. I said, yeah, if he drinks too much, I get the hangover. Uh, (laughs) But but the horse in the pregame warm-ups, this is before we had a set pattern, the horse is riding around, and the horse almost hits Tommy Maddox. That's Uh, right. And Tommy Maddox, whoa, a quarterback ducks out of the way. My phone rings, and it's you. And you say, if that horse hits a Bronco player, it's your rear end. And I thought, <laughs> my rear end? What the heck? It's not my, I didn't bring the horse in. But remember, you did say that. Oh, no, I would never say that to you, Jim. <laughs> oh, no, no, you would never say that. You're also the guy responsible the single guy responsible for them having the tunnel now in Kansas City that the tunnel is covered when the players go out out of the field. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> because if you recall, we got a really big we got a really big win at Kansas City once. The tunnel yeah. was uncovered, and I was walking with you as we walked into the locker room. You, of course, were an ex-chief, and all I could say is you. Um, Let's see how would I put this. You let the fan, you let the fans know uh, uh, what you thought of uh, the fact that we had oh, beaten I... the Chiefs, and they didn't take it very well. Yeah, they, the they, next they, year I they put the to... the next year they covered the tunnel. <laughs> well, they were kind of they were kind of upset, and they were throwing everything they could get their hands on. <laughs> yeah, you were throwing I stuff just, too, as I, I, I recall. Just, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, what I'm sorry, but, I'm um, but those are some great memories, and uh, but they all start with with uh, John Elway. Honest to gosh, and uh, yeah, what yep. what a moment! You know, what a moment! What a memory! You know, uh, on draft day, um, and, and I remember when when um, one of the remember Pat Linder, our secretary in the video department yeah. and assistant coach. Yeah, yes, yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, when we had we had Fran Polsfoot, you guys had Fran Polsfoot, who was a college roommate of of Jack Elway's. You had Fran call yes. Jack to tell yes. him what a wonderful place Denver was and what a wonderful man. How everybody, yes. everything is wonderful and everybody's wonderful. But anyway, uh, she he couldn't reach him at first. Now I'm in the food room with all the media, and Fran's in there to get a sandwich, and Pat Linder comes to the door and says. Fran, Jack Elway's returning your call. <laughs> and for whatever, I know, for whatever reason, because this is the value of free food, for whatever reason, the media kept eating and never followed up on it. But I went to Edgar Kaiser, and I said, Mr. Kaiser, Mr. Kaiser, Pat Linder just said, just announced this to the press. And he said, ah, well, we'll take care of that, which, of course, he did. That's like uh, like the mob. But yeah. uh, but he did tell me, he said, we're moving on Elway. We're halfway there, and we have halfway to go. And like you, maybe the assistant coaches chuckled at it, but I didn't chuckle. 
I mean, I figured uh, one of the most influential men in America, Kaiser oh, Aluminum, yeah. Kaiser Steel, Kaiser Permanente, just told me he's halfway to Elway. It gives me goosebumps to say it, John. I mean, you know, that Monday, oh, May yeah. 2nd was that, – that may be – well, I mean, except for the franchise beginning, Pat saves the franchise, buys it, et cetera. But May yeah. 2nd is the single greatest player move in the history of the oh. Denver Broncos, and you uh, were there. It was uh, it was uh, unbelievable. It was, you know, you, like how you and I can kind of reminisce about it, but can you imagine that it's it was so such an important part of not only – you and I, but all, but the team and the people, the fans, the city, it just grew. I mean, it was unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, it's like that James Stewart movie, uh, It's a Wonderful Life, where if he had never been, what would have affected it? Maybe yeah. Cleveland goes to the Super Bowl, John, yeah. and Art Modell gets his stadium, and they never move the Browns. That's true. Maybe Baltimore true. never moves, because Elway's, Elway's doing a kind of a record in Baltimore. Who yeah. knows what happens in Denver? And, I mean, I remember some of those negotiations uh, that you had with the city. I think calling them contentious would be generous <laughs> <laughs> about the new stadium. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, my you, God. you know, you brought up a good thing there. You know, just so, you know, because now we have John. Now we got, we're solid. We got, we got our cornerstone. Now comes, yeah. now comes um, Pat Bowen. And there's another story with, Edgar Kaiser, me and Pat Bowen, but the uh, the thing is, is that the uh, uh, Pat was like, well, he he now he's got the team. What's the first thing he puts the uh, new uh, suites on top of the old stadium on the west yeah, side, the, the right? penthouse suites, right? Yeah. So we had to do a deal get that done. Next thing you know, Pat calls me and he says, uh, we we need to build a new facility. I said, oh, yeah, that sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and here we are. This is a state of the art now. But that was, uh, yeah. yeah, of course, I can remember another oh, one nine, of your famous lines. We, uh, had several cons- we had several consultants working on the stadium deal. And I remember at one point you said, now let me try to f- phrase this in a way we can, how many consultants does it take to tell the mayor what to do with that lease of his. <laughs> now, that's not quite how you put it. But, oh, my God, my God. Wait, you know, they they, they had me labeled like, remember in the U.N.? When he got oh, you were Khrushchev. Yeah. Yeah, I would bang my shoes on the table, you know, because they wanted to remodel uh, Mile High Stadium. Can you, you believe, be yeah. Nuts. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Talk about good but, cop, bad cop, but oh my god! Yeah. But but you know that's that's right, John. That is and then, so... the, and the next time I get called in the Pat's office, we say, "Well, well, we're going to build a new stadium." I said, "Oh, okay, <laughs> okay." Well, wait. How about that time that practice ends on a Saturday, and you you can't wait to get home to Fort Collins, and Edgar Kaiser tells you he wants you to give a tour to somebody. Oh, remember that. My god. Yes, yeah. And you gave yep. a tour. Who was this? Who was the guy? Well, I was told they were some college classmates of his. But it turned out, I later found out because the league meeting was in Hawaii, and and Marcia and I and the kids made a vacation out of it, and we went out over to Hawaii and I checked into the Royal Hawaiian, and there's a note. Uh, 
as soon as you get in, call me at your Kaiser. So I called him. He said, John, come on up. So I go up, and he says, I just sold the team. <laughs> I said, oh, my mm-hmm. God. <laughs> and he didn't tell me who it was. Uh, and he says, I want you and Marcia to come to dinner with us tonight at, at this uh, uh uh, Nick's, Nick's Fish Market. Which our new owner happened to own, but anyway. Yeah, yeah. So we go there. Of course, you know me, I'm always early. So we're in the the, the room where they're, they're all set up for this dinner. And the door opens, and here is Pat Bowen. The guy in. you gave the tour to. <laughs> the tour, tour. <laughs> and and to be brother, honest now. John. <laughs> And and like anybody would be, like I was, you know, when you when he says I just sold the team, you're a little nervous. I mean, you can't help it. Oh yeah, think, what the oh. heck's going to happen to me now? My wife, my three kids. But then yeah. Pat had a way of immediately oh. making you feel like don't worry about that. Yeah, well, when he when he came in the door and he saw me, and I looked at him and he started laughing. <laughs> and and right then, really, you knew, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, again, it, it just gives me goosebumps, Pat. You know, it's uh, it's just amazing. This has been an amazing piece of history with the Denver Broncos and in and in the Rocky Mountain West and the city of Denver. And uh, you know, I don't know if I was your wingman. I think I was sitting way the heck out on the wing, but uh, but boy, you oh, had you a key in role. The... <laughs> boy, well, you had a key relationship with all the press. You were wonderful. Oh yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah. Well, like, like, like again, like somebody said, boy, this is nice. You're right next to John Beek. I nodded. I said, yeah. If he drinks too much, I get the hangover. <laughs> but they were great, John. And uh, and you, yeah. I mean, you know, and uh, and actually, you got to give great credit to Hein and uh, Edgar Kaiser for yeah. very quickly realizing your acumen seriously and saying this is the guy who needs to do our contracts. And then of course Pat made you GM. But I mean, you know that Hein and Edgar, you you were vital. I mean, vital to Hein and Edgar yeah, we, Kaiser. You were the guy. Well, we did a lot together, and we worked together, you know. And and uh, and it was, and, and well, Jim, you know that that's how you're going to be successful. Have the people you you work with and and uh, pull to, pull together as a team is so important. Whether it's the front office team or the team on the field. The coaches, everybody has a great big hunk of that. Hip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and uh, I just one other little story, if I may, was there were times where my you might come into my office and you went up one side and down the other, really very very rough. But you might come back in fifteen minutes and you say, "Hey, forget about everything I just said. You know how I am. I blow off steam." You do it your way. You're doing it the. I mean, I I can never forget that, John. You'd say you're doing it your way. You're doing it the right way. Just ignore all that stuff I said, which was really, <laughs> really nice because you you know you could say anything. You didn't have to come back, and uh, that was much appreciated. But um, anyway, yeah. those were some great great days. And uh, May second, nineteen eighty three. Yep. Is what started it all. Yeah, it's un- unbelievable. It's so nice. Yeah, John, and I, I could. I, I still, 
you know, it all started here, and and John did a wonderful job as a player, and he had experience, you know, before he became back to the Broncos, and and I and I think that's wonderful. And uh, yeah, and I, you know, and and how about I'm sorry, how about this, John? When he retired with his money, he could have lived anywhere. He could have oh, moved yeah. to California and built a mansion or whatever. He stayed here, and then he stayed yeah. close to Pat and you. Yeah, that's an incredible thing. Yeah, well, he had you know something. He had a very he, he had a very good person who worked who he worked with, and that was Marvin Demoff. He was very very good to work with. Uh, uh-huh. And 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 it's uh, you know that always doesn't happen. It's not a lot of times you know in sports and any kind of negotiations, there's you know you choose sides, uh, but. And you know, Marvin was a represented John so well, but it was always a good way. We always had a good conversation. It was good, mm-hmm. uh, amenable ways to get things. Done. Yeah, I remember you. Yeah. You guys were very close. Well, John, I we ought to tur- let them turn their ozone over to somebody else. <laughs> I'm not quite sure how these podcasts work, but I can't thank you enough for sharing your memories of uh, May second, 1983, with me relative to John Elway and the Broncos and, and some miscellaneous other things that we've hit on, John. Well, I appreciate it, Jim. And, and it's, this has been fun. It brought back, brought back a lot of fond memories, I'll tell you. Yeah. And, and I, I think we could probably extend this for several hours, but like I said, I think yep. we probably need their ozone <laughs> back. So John, <laughs> we'll, we'll let you go. And thank you so much for your time. on Thanks, a Broncos Jim, country you throwback. Too. It was it was a I feel proud and honored to be a part of this and, and uh, yeah as and, do uh, I and it, it was really wonderful. That was Jim Sakamano's conversation with longtime general manager John Beek. Just some great thoughts there, Phil, on both how John Elway got to Denver and then uh, plenty of good stories along the way too. Those could those two could really talk forever. The, the amount of knowledge that they have and some really cool stories I'd never heard before, including the fact that John Elway didn't pay for his senior year, had to pay for his senior year at Stanford. So uh, some really interesting tidbits there from those two. You can, of course, subscribe to the Broncos Audio Zone anywhere you find your favorite podcast. That's Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, Stitcher, and Spotify. We hope to be back next week with another great episode of Broncos Country Throwback.